the Hill Country Patriot. He's a native Texan, president of the Fredericksburg Tea Party, a student of Ben Franklin and John Locke, and he's a Christian conservative political activist. He's a true believer in the principles that this country was founded upon and comes to you every day to guide, advise, and lead you to become involved in the greatest political experiment in the history of our planet, self-governance. We don't get fooled again. He's Matt Long, and this is the Matt Long Show. Good morning, folks. So happy to be here with you on a Wednesday. It is Wednesday, right? A Wednesday morning in the Hill Country, the middle of the week. And, uh, you know, the Germans, now, those guys are practical. What are they, what's the German word for Wednesday? Mittwoch. What does Mittwoch mean? Well, it means midweek. That's, uh, there you go. What can I say? The Germans, they got it right on. It's Mittwoch. Um, and, uh, but here, uh, for the rest of us, it's Wednesday. So, um, got, uh, that means there's five days left till primary voting starts. Holy mackerel, five days. I still want to strongly suggest, beg you to please vote on election day. Your vote is the safest and most secure if you vote on election day. Obviously, I had a had a friend yesterday. After I said that, said Matt, I'm gonna I'm gonna be out of town, so I I have to vote early. And I was like, Come on, Bill, it didn't didn't need to didn't need to make me an excuse. It's cool. We're all good. It's just that if you are in town and happen to be in town, please um, wait until election day to vote. Um, and um, yes, please ignore those mail in ballots. Ignore those applications for mail in ballots. Um, just, uh, unless you are completely physically unable to get up and vote, either if you need a whole lot of extra time, go early, um, uh, go to the early voting. See, that just went against what I suggested, but, um, no, if you, uh, if, if going out on Tuesday, March 1st is going to be, you know, it's going to be a big operation to get you out of the house, then go ahead and vote early and, and take your time and it'll be less crowded and uh, there you go. But for the most, for the vast majority of them of us, I'm going to ask you to wait until March 1st to vote. So we got lots of awesome uh, things on your cal- on my calendar. By the way, at the end of the program yesterday, I was looking at my weekly calendar upside down, which is not usually a smart thing to do. The calendar was upside down. I was not upside down. But um, I had said yesterday at the end of the show that we were going to have Jeff younger on today that is actually next wednesday uh but today we have a great show lined up for you we're gonna have jonathan Sions come on we're gonna talk about textbooks in uh schools in public schools and i know harley has just been talking about that but uh yeah a whole lot of weird coincidences happened in the last 24 hours about textbooks in schools so i feel like i have to talk about it so um, that is um, Jonathan Science, and then our good friend Bethany is going to come on at the last of the program today. So um, plenty of good stuff to stay tuned for. Um, tomorrow night, uh, the Thursday night, is the uh, monthly meeting of the Fredericksburg Tea Party. It is our favorite meeting of the year. Um, it is the Guns and Roses meeting. This is uh, as many years as we've been having our second Thursday uh, meeting um uh, th- this is the furthest away from valentine's day 
that the meeting has ever been. It always seems to land either on the 13th or the 14th or the 15th. And uh, this year, um, the second Thursday lands on the 10th. But we still, it's still our Valentine's meeting. And uh, guys, you can get a head start. Um, all the ladies that show up and um, will get a free rose, a beautiful freedom rose, red freedom rose, which I have been uh, taking care of in my house uh, since yesterday. And uh, they are, uh, my house smells like uh, there's uh, maybe 75 roses in my house is what it kind of smells like, which is pretty awesome. And uh, so also chocolate cake. I'm going to get uh, starting on uh, making the uh, sheet cake, the Texas sheet cake today. And so that will be, it's our Guns and Roses meeting. And uh, we are going to have Felicia Bull, who is the, Deputy, I believe, Texas Director for Gun Owners of America. And uh, she's going to just, it's always a good meeting when Gun Owners of America is there. So GOA, Thursday night, we meet at uh, the, we serve dinner at 6. They're a suggested donation of about $7 for dinner. And then we start the meeting at 6.30. It's at St. Joseph's Hall, which is at 212 West San Antonio in Fredericksburg. So uh, get there around 6. Uh, get yourself some dinner. Have some chocolate cake. Uh, your wife, your girlfriend, uh, your daughters, um, your mothers, whoever you bring, your nieces will each get a beautiful rose. And uh, so there you go. That is uh, Thursday night tomorrow night looking forward to that saturday we have a couple of things uh not what just one thing this saturday trauma to triumph.org trauma to triumph is going to be having their fundraiser this saturday evening and on thursday we are going to have uh mrs deller back on her name is monica deller um the interview i had with her last uh wednesday a week ago uh last week um, I had so many good comments on it, and uh, and so if you didn't catch the first one, of course, you can go to Spotify and find it, or we're going to have Monica in here on uh, tomorrow, and uh, then Friday we've got Raul Reyes, who is going to be in uh, uh, on the program, and uh, so that's uh, what's going on. Allen West Bus, the Allen West Bus will be in Hondo at the Corn Maze on Thursday. That's tomorrow from 2.30 to 3.30. So if you want to go uh, um, get your picture with Alan or go get some signs or or maybe even you're not sure if you want to vote, who you want to vote for governor, here's your opportunity to see Mr. Alan West, and that is uh, in Hondo at the corn maze tomorrow from 2.30 to 3.30. So let me give you a little bit of a Ben Franklin, and uh, then we are going to take a break, and uh, let's see. Here we go. Fear not death, for the sooner we die, the longer shall we be immortal. There you go. Poor Richard from 1740. All right, folks, y'all stay tuned. We'll be right back. All right, 
folks. We are back and uh, still waiting for Mr. Uh, Sion's phone call. And, uh, of course, you know the history here at our radio station. Our phones, uh, yeah, they're just phones. Oh, look, it's flashing right there. Good morning. This is Matt Long. You're live on the air. Hey, Matt. It's Jonathan Sines. Good morning. Good morning, sir. How are you today? You staying warm? A little bit, yeah, a little bit. A little bit. Did y'all lose any power or anything last week? We did not. Mm. We had no issues. Um, so That's that good. Nice. Do, you, do you live in in Austin? I do. Yep. Did, were, you part, in, um, were you part of the boil water order that came out of Austin a couple of days ago? I was, yeah. So I live in Williamson County. There's a small portion of Austin that's in Williamson County, north, the far north end of Austin. But, um, but yeah, I do. Um, I am a part of the the city of Austin Utilities. That's got to be so weird. Like you know, we're, we're this is the United States of America, and you turn on the tap, and your government, who runs your water system, says it's not safe to drink. That's really bothersome to me. Let's um, let's uh, we've got uh, every week we have new listeners on this program, Mister Science, and so I want you to tell us about Texas Values, who you are, what you are, and what you do, and then uh, I think we've got a good topic for discussion today. So Texas Values is the largest faith and family nonprofit organization in Texas that focuses on state-based issues. And we work on the issues of religious freedom, marriage and family, and pro-life. We've got supporters in all 254 counties of the state. And every day during the state legislative session, we have somebody dedicated to capital to lobby for and against legislation, to give legal analysis, to do research. And then we get a lot of folks that come in, or we help bring people into the capital to connect with their elected officials. Um, and um, just more recently, we've been involved in some court cases related protecting the Texas heartbeat law protecting religious freedom um, at the state and federal level, and um, as well as trying to get a lot of information out with an affiliated uh, partner organization. We have Texas Values Action to educate voters about uh, candidates, about the issues that matter, and uh, giving them good information during this important time. So you've got uh, several, a number of uh, websites. Um, the uh, Texas txvalues.org, txvalues.org is kind of the uh, educational arm of that, if I'm getting that right. And txvaluesaction.org is the, is the, the more uh, politically active uh, website. Uh, did I get that right? That's correct. Okay. So we have... Um, we last night I had the uh, opportunity to preview a movie called uh, Mind Polluters, and um, then and it talks about textbooks in uh, the Texas schools. And uh, then this morning I wake up to an article by Aaron Anderson in the Texas Scorecard that talks just about that in fact even mentions the movie in it what what do you what can you what can you tell us about textbooks in in schools in high schools and middle schools is pretty much anything allowed in a middle school or high school or maybe even an elementary school library well no not anything is allowed and a lot of this has to do with uh, parents staying connected to their school districts, and when they find things that 
that are concerning and objectionable to bring that to the attention of the school district. And, you know, and it's good to see a lot more attention on these issues. This is something we've worked on since the beginning of our organization. And, you know, when you've got drag queens reading the kids books in public school libraries, um, you know, the, these things draw a lot of concerns and we've highlighted this and pushed back against these things for years. And so, you know, and this is a part of our role as parents, but these are things that we're paying for, you know, as taxpayers, um, even people who don't have their kids in public school, right? I still pay taxes um, that support the public school, even though my kids are in private school. So whether your kids are in the school or not, whether or not, you know, maybe you're a little bit older or you're younger, you don't have children, it doesn't mean that you don't have a voice on these types of issues and it still matters. But I mean, it's, you know, and it can matter a little bit more when, your children are the ones that are in public schools. This could be charter schools. A lot of um, private schools use similar curriculum as the public schools. And so, um, you know, when we talk about these issues as it relates to school children, I mean, it, it could be the entire state, not just what we think of as traditional public schools. And so, you know, I, I think the more that we can uh, to not be afraid to highlight these things when we find books that are of, of concern. And I do think that there's an effort. Um, to uh, by people that have a political agenda and are not concerned about uh, the sensitivities of children to push these type of objectionable books into public schools and, and some people that are elected and other bureaucrats that are dismissive when these concerns are brought up. You know, it was real fascinating in this movie I saw last night. And by the way, it is going to be out. It's actually starting to show in the public in a number of uh, places. About a month ago, there was a push to uh, uh, get this show open in the Dallas area. Um, we're going to be showing it in the Hill Country here in a couple of different locations. But one of the things we learned and saw in that movie last night was uh, there were two examples. One of them where was a parent was reading um, one of the texts out of uh, the junior high or the middle school library book she had checked out, and the uh, school board just got so freaked out over the language that they didn't want her, they didn't want to allow her to even read it out loud, um, and yet it was in the middle school. And then there was another testimony we saw that was in front of, oh, I can't remember, maybe it was Indiana state legislature and again it was the same thing they started reading from this book that is available in middle schools and high schools and uh, the, uh, the the they were shut down by the speaker because they wouldn't allow them to to, to to use those obscenities in the state house in fact it was kind of funny the uh, speaker said that um, because uh, this is live streamed and students might be watching this and this was a book available to students so what this and one of the things we learned was that you can take pornography into a school you can put pornography in a school library because it's covered by a law that allows uh, that allows that that what what do you know about that law um which law are you referring to it has to do with that uh, obscene material has um, can be used uh, in a classroom. It is uh, as and the defense for having it in there. It is appropriate defense to say that it is for educational purposes. 
So all they have to do to get uh, this type of material in the classroom is to say that it is a, let's see, it's Texas Penal Code 43.24, and it says that uh, it's an affirmative defense to prosecution if uh, if this is a scientific, educational, governmental, or other similar jurisdiction. Yeah, you know, look, this is a situation where uh, a law that's intended to do one thing is being abused by public schools. Um, that's that's not what those laws were set up to do was to shield this type of the use of this type of information in public schools. And so but look, that's why it's important for people to know who's running for school board to to look at those things, to, to ask these questions of candidates and not to allow them to hide behind some you know perceived exception to the rule. And um, you know, and, and we're going to see more concern about this as I think you see people that are politically motivated or, again, uh, don't care about the sensitivities of what's appropriate in public schools. People that promote having drag queens or invite drag queens uh, to read to kids during story time at public schools. We saw that in Austin ISD and we've seen it in other public school districts in Texas. And so parents need to stand up. They need to send emails in. They need to make phone calls and tell them that, you know, that this is not something that they support, and you know they'll be looking for somebody that better represents their values the next time they have an opportunity, and that usually gets people's attention um, on these matters. And you know, look, that's why we do a lot of the work we do to educate voters about uh, candidates at the different level to give them good information that they can use so they're more informed as voters when they go to the ballot box. We've got our website txvaluesaction.org where you can see list of endorsements. We also have a source that we use called Free Voters Guide where we produce a lot of information for local candidates as well. We've been talking a lot about this upcoming primary and um, the importance of of cleaning house in the primary. Those of us who are frustrated with the Republican-controlled House and Senate now for 19 years in Texas not being able to pass uh, some of these laws, in fact, uh, to what we're speaking right now, in 2019, that would have been the 86th legislative session. There was a House bill, uh, let's see, 3135, that would have eliminated those exceptions for pornography, and yet it just uh, it didn't get anywhere. Um, they even got failed to put on the calendar for a vote. What? How? How do do parents who are are really engaged in this and now pastors? I had a room full of pastors last night watching this film with hopes of getting it out into uh, churches. How is there something we could start working on now to to uh, get this cleared up in the eighty eighth legislative session? Well, I mean, I think we're. Um there's a couple of different places where the, this movie mind polluters is going to be shown that, um, that our organization is going to be a part of a few of those events too. Cause I think it's good for people to continue to be educated on these issues. But now is a great time to be asking candidates about where they stand on these issues, what their support would be for policies of these type. Um, so you can create that opportunity and then have them on record. Sometimes they get elected and they forget about, promises that they made or things that they said when they were getting elected. And so now's the time to have them on record and then to be in a position to follow up later um, when the legislative process happens, which is less than a year away. 
and you know work is already being being done to decide you know or to start looking at what may and may not um, be a focus or a priority for the upcoming legislative session, um, which would start in January of 2023, so less than a year away. Um, but we've got good information at our website txvalues.txvaluesaction.org on different endorsements. Early voting starts Monday, uh, uh, February 14th on Valentine's Day. And then two weeks after that is the main election day, March the 1st. Mm. And there's, you know, there's elections in November, too. This is the primary <laughs> election. But for, but for some districts, whoever wins the primary um, is in a very strong position to win in November. Yes, absolutely. Mr. Science, can you stick around with us through a break? Sure. All right. I want to, when we get back, I want to talk to you about how... How does TX Values uh, action? How do you guys uh, decide uh, what uh, what are the points you use to um, for your endorsements? Let's talk about that when we get back. Y'all stay tuned, folks. I have Jonathan Science with Texas Values on the line with me. Go check out txvaluesaction.org, txvaluesaction.org or freevotersguide.org. Go check those out, and we'll be right back after a short break. All right, folks, we are back. We have on the line with us Mr. Jonathan Science with Texas values and he mentioned a website one of the many and i will uh, put these website links up on my uh, podcast descriptions and so you can go there and get those later in the day when i get uh, today's program up on spotify apple podcasts and a half a dozen other podcast sites um and so the question is endorsements so the um Texas Values Action, part of your organizations, uh, they're allowed to endorse, and you have a list of folks you're endorsing. What is your process for endorsing? How do you how do you endorse? Well, first of all, if we have a candidate that's running for the first time, it's very important that they fill out our questionnaire and submit it. So, and that's a confidential source. It's not something that we publish online once it's filled out. Now, people can access it publicly. They can download it. They can fill it out. They can send it in. So we've got one for local candidates, one for judicial candidates, and one for legislative candidates. So there's a little difference in their roles. And mm-hmm. so, you know, we customize the, the questions based on what we think is sort of more relevant to the role that they're going to be in. The judiciary is a little bit more limited oftentimes in what they can say about um, you know what their positions are. They can't reveal how they would rule specifically in a case ahead of time, and there's some ethical rules that they have to navigate. And so that's one reason that questionnaire is a little bit different. So if someone's not run for state office before, or maybe even a local office, filling out the questionnaire is really important. Now, for candidates that already have, and sending it to us, candidates that already have a voting record, particularly at the state level, sometimes it won't be necessary. For them to submit a questionnaire it can provide value and that's sort of the judgment call that we make and um and then oftentimes you know we'll ask for an interview we'll ask to meet with them in person or over the phone have a conversation talk about some different things and so you know but we'll take a look at a variety of different things and information that's available publicly about the candidate you know um we'll look at um 
you know, other people that are supporting them that maybe, you know, we know or we respect and to, to try to uh, look at that and draw some information from that and what that might be telling us, um, you know, and try to look back far. You know, what, what did they say before they were running for office? Sometimes when people decide to be a candidate, they can start saying things you've never heard them say before. You kind of wonder, well, you know, do they really believe that? Or are they just saying that now because they want to get elected? And so those are some of the things that we consider. So um, I'm, I'm still at freevotersguide.com. Um, great site, by the way, folks. Uh, go check it out, freevotersguide.com. One of the tab, tabs on there is resources. And um, I, uh, I was so happy to open up resources and see that you have resources for church and pastors um, but before we get to the what's available there, um, do, is part of Texas Values, do, do you not have a kind of a pastor's organization? Is that something I'm thinking of that was in the past, or do you guys still have that? So we do have a, uh, an effort, a part of our organization called the Church Ambassador Network. So this is a project and a function of Texas Values. And so this group of individuals that's a part of our organization led by Brian English, who was the former faith outreach director for Senator Ted Cruz. Um, and this is a statewide effort mm -hmm. to develop a relationship with churches and church leaders uh, to, to get them to have information and understand the role that they play and how significant it is, and also to create an opportunity for them to develop a relationship with uh, government leaders. So we can develop that mutual respect and that conversation and relationships there. So when issues come up that matter to the church, and that could be a variety of things, um, you know, there's an opportunity for them to talk or at least create an opportunity for them to talk and to have a conversation. And so that those rights of the church are respected and protected. And so we're real excited about that. If there are churches and pastors that want to know more about it, please contact us. Uh, Brian English and his team, we've got somebody in North Texas and South Texas, and Brian primarily works out of the Houston area, but we're traveling around the state to to make that connection of uh, of God's leaders and leaders of government. Man, that is so important in so many churches. I had Pastor Greg Young on here yesterday, and we were talking about compromises, how many compromises churches are making to, I don't know, either fill their pews or, or, or what have you. We really don't understand why so many compromises are being made. And so getting churches and pastors involved, I think, is key. It is absolutely key to uh, to turning the state around and hopefully, hopefully at some point turning the country around. And so you've got, uh, if you go to the resources page on Free Voters Guide, you have, uh, there's a link to um, uh, churches and pastors' legal rights with regards to elections. That's great because so many, you, you hear the line, you know, well, we're a, we're a nonprofit or we're a church. We can't get involved in politics. And then, you know, it goes a step further. And uh, it's, it is just misinformation that so many pastors and church leaders have. So, folks, you can go to Free Voters Guide and this is a resource for your pastor. Um, there are some great. There's a great video on there to play uh, before church. There are some uh, bulletins. There is a prayer guide. Um, there are some slides. You've got it in English and Spanish. Um, 
it's just a tremendous resource for uh, for churches and for Christians because, folks, if we as Christians do not get into this fight, it will it will be lost. Am I am I am I on the right path if I make that statement? Well, I think there's a lot of you know reason to say that. I mean, there, you know, for people to have that concern, I think there's there's legitimacy to it. Um, you know, and look, last year we saw a lot of concerns about whether or not uh, churches would be able to continue to stay open on their own. And, mm-hmm. and we saw a lot of local government officials for months trying to put pressure on churches to close and not allowing them to make decisions on their own. That's why we passed three religious freedom laws to make sure that that would never happen again and a constitutional amendment here in the state of Texas. But we saw some other states that dealt with it for over a year, some that had to go up to the U.S. Supreme Court. And you'll see this sometimes, too, around elections where uh, the government is, you know, over in a way that I think is impermissible and illegal, scrutinizing and creating a situation where government officials, particularly the IRS, and now that you've got a Biden administration there that I feel like is less respectful of religious freedom, particularly of churches, and things can get political sometimes up there, um, and so if you have people that are wanting to talk about information as they relate to what they think people in their church might want to know that relate to the Bible, that are biblical issues that might give them uh, information to use when they're deciding what they're going to do as a voter and stay informed, they have every right to do that. You know, it wasn't too long ago that the mayor of Houston at the time, Anise Parker, subpoenaed the sermons of pastors because they were talking about a new policy that she came up with that related to sexual orientation and gender identity issues that they felt like would negatively affect the church and would restrict them from talking about some of those things. And the mayor really confirmed that that was how the law would work by when they talked about the issue, asking uh, by, uh, by legal demand and with the threat of jail time, um, that's what the f- effect of a subpoena is, asking them to turn over their sermons. And so... I think it's important for us to continue to be aware of that and for churches and pastors to exercise all the freedom that they have and know that there are organizations like Texas Values that will back them up. But again, they can decide on their own how they want to handle these issues. Um, You know, uh, if they want to talk more about these issues or less, that's up to them. But we don't want them to make that decision because of fear of what the government might do. And, uh, you know, and it's a good time, even if churches right now are just reminding people there is an election coming up for the primary for you to decide in the party that you vote in who you want to represent you. Just making them aware of that is critical and can be a huge step forward in information that we see now, letting them know early voting starts on uh, February 14th and main election day is March 1st. You know, a very small amount of churches are just doing that. So even if they would just inform them of the election days, um, that could be of tremendous value. Yeah, so many. We're finding out. First of all, the 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 historical turnout for uh, primaries in Texas is abysmal. Um, it's uh, uh, it's sad. It's depressing when I look at those numbers, and then when I tell it to other people that about ten percent of registered voters in Texas show up to vote in primary elections, people just don't believe me. And yet, I've got the data in front of me. The only exception to that uh, in the last 30 years was the um, primary that Donald Trump was in. 
And uh, that was uh, went all the way as high as 23% voter turnout. And so that depresses me, but also it's encouraging me to Mr. S- Mr. Science because we know that a small number of votes that can make a huge difference in a primary where only 10% of registered voters bother to go show up. Yeah, you know, you have to wonder sometimes why... You know, those numbers are so low. Um, and, you know, look, we're all busy and things are going on. But, you know, there's two weeks of early voting. <laughs> so you're really? like, wow, that's, that's, a, that's you know, and, and it's interesting, too, when you think about it. And um, and people can find out this information at freevotersguide.com. We also have a link to it on our website, txvaluesaction.org, for the nonprofit 501c3 work that we do. But, you know, the two weeks of voting, and there's been some criticism of Texas by the Biden administration and others because of new election integrity laws. A part of the legacy of those laws is creating more and more time and opportunities for people to go vote. Mm. So when you've got two weeks, two weeks to vote, um, you know, that's you'd be hard pressed to find more opportunity in other states for people to have the, the freedom to exercise their vote. And so, number one, that that should tell people that, you know, we're we're one of the strongest when it comes to protecting that freedom. So everybody that's a registered voter has the opportunity to do that. And in any notions that there's suppression of votes and all that, it's just, you know, it's hard to find any evidence of that when there's so many opportunities to go vote. Mm-hmm. Um, um, on top of that, though, it does raise the question, you know, why or, you know, how is that number not higher? And sometimes I think it's I just think of people, a lot of people just don't realize that they're not in the world that you and I are in, Matt, on a regular basis, if you will. And so it, it's a good reason to continue to remind people of that. Yes. Um, and for them to know that. And plus, during early voting, usually there's a little bit more freedom on the different locations that you can vote. On election day, you're usually limited to one specific location. And so, and that's something to keep in mind, you know, the uh, that two weeks of early voting and, um, so um, that starts on February 14th, and then the main election day is on March 1st. Mr. Sines, we're out of time. Thank you so much for coming on the air today, and um, look forward to our next visit. You bet. And look, if people see value in the work we're doing, it's a great time to invest in Texas Values Action as we're doing work every day to help educate voters on these critical issues. Absolutely. All right, folks, we'll have all those links up for you on the podcast description. And um, stay tuned. Uh, We're going to have one of our little, uh, uh, well, let's see. I've been trying to come up with a new nickname for Bethany. Firecracker's already taken. Um, I don't know, barn burner, uh, fire starter. I'm not sure what we're going to, we got to come up with a good nickname for Bethany. Maybe when we get her on here, we'll ask her what she wants. Y'all stay tuned, folks. We'll be right back. Folks, we are back. Thank you so much for staying tuned. Um, I have on the line with me Bethany. Bethany, I've been. She, Bethany is out of Kerrville, and uh, she's not woke, but she woke up recently, and uh, she is a mama bear on fire. Bethany, I've been trying to come up with a with a nickname for you. Do, do you have one you prefer? 
Uh, no, I don't have one that's repeatable. I have a friend that calls me something, but I don't think I should say it on air. <laughs> okay, there we go. That's good and safe. <laughs> so Bethany, Bethany called me yesterday and uh, with a concern in Kerr County, and it's actually we have the very same problem in Gillespie County. So would you uh, tell us uh, what your concern is in Kerr County, and then I will uh, tie it into Gillespie County. Yeah, so this is something I've been working on uh, for two, three months now. I am a local government leader with We the People, Liberty in Action. And so we've been working on getting their precinct chairs. And so if you don't know what a precinct chair is, this is confusing for a lot of people because we have the four precincts in Kirk County, which are commissioner's precincts. Mm -hmm. That's not this. Totally just shove that to the side. That's not what we're talking about. Your precinct is your voting precinct. So if you get your voter ID card, on the left side, you've got your voter ID, under that your birth date, and then the next column it says, on mine, F for female, which is really cool because we only have males and females still <laughs> on our good. voter card, which uh -huh. I think is pretty sweet, right? Right. And then right under that, it's going to say your voting precinct, okay? So mine is 417. It's going to be three digits. And so, you know, when I first moved here and I needed to find out where I was going to vote, I had to look on my card, and then that's where I went to vote was my voting precinct. So there's 20 of those. So we're looking for precinct chairs, and I only Matt gave me five minutes, and um, I can talk for two hours. So I'm going to try to be really, just a really <laughs> brief flyby, and then I'm going to give a couple websites where people can go to get more information and then also my contact information to come to me. All so right. What is a precinct chair? Well, a precinct chair does have some um, responsibilities and authority in the Republican Party itself, voting ability and that kind of thing. And you can find more about that at precinctstrategy.com. Um, but the main thing you do as a precinct chair is you are, it's a really a service to your community because you're connecting with the voters in your precinct. So these are your neighbors. This is your direct community right around you. Your two biggest jobs is to inform your voters and turn out the vote. So the gentleman that, that built this website, precinctstrategy.com, and by the way, you said this is a problem in Gillespie County. This is a problem in the whole United States. Half the precinct chairs are vacant. There's nobody. So that means all the voters in those precincts, they're not being informed. And this is where we get a lot of our problems with rhinos is there's not accountability because the voters don't know. You know, they're not going down to Austin. And, you know, I can say as, as a mom of five kids, I was just trying to keep my head above water. And I can tell you I never voted down ballot until this last year because I would get to election day usually i'd see on facebook a friend had an i voted sticker and i went oh my goodness it's voting day i feel so bad i have no idea and i would go in and i would vote for you know the top guy that i knew and then all the down ballot and i would walk away feeling guilty every single time because i thought well i can't just flip a coin and vote you know pick one right i'm not going to do that and i don't know any of these people and i would feel really really bad every single time and so if i had a precinct chair come into my door or calling me and connecting with me and saying, hey, this is, you know, for example, this is Andy Murr. This is his voting record. This is West Fordell. And I could make an informed decision about my vote. I would have been so grateful to have that person informing me because I really do love my country and I wanted to vote correctly. I just didn't have the information. And that's a huge problem in Kerr County because we have, you know, conservatives in Kerr County. So the problem isn't that we're not conservative. The problem is our voters don't know how to vote. So you're really informing your voters about um, who's running and, you know, you're keeping your voters informed. So the gentleman that built this website, he has 90% turnout in his precinct. Wow. That is incredible. 
And when they have somebody that comes in with big campaign promises and then they go to Austin and they vote different than their campaign promise, he lets his voters know. And what that means is they get beat at the ballot box next time and they get somebody in there. They're held accountable for their vote. So this really can be this this will change our entire country if we can do this. This is gonna this is a game changer because it's a really a grassroots movement to put, you know, true conservatives in these in these precinct chairs. It's gonna change everything. So um, it's really a service to the community, too. That's how I looked at it. So a couple of sites, precinctstrategy.com will give you a lot deeper information than I was able to do in five minutes. So you understand what is it and, you know, what can you do. And then uh, Liberty in Action, which is a local grassroots organization, we also want to come alongside the precinct chairs and offer them support. So, you know, right now we have kind of a slate of candidates that we put together of these are the these are the people that kind of align with the conservative values. We're happy to hand that to the precinct chair so that they have, you know, kind of a resource to give to their to their precinct voters. Um, so we definitely want to be there to help however we can and support the precinct chairs um, so that you're not doing it alone. And I would say we need precinct chairs, um, but we also, I'm looking for people, if you want to contact me, who will support the precinct chairs? Because it's kind of, you know, Maybe a little daunting if you're just starting into it to think, okay, I have to connect with this many people. But what if there were four or five in every precinct? Right. And, Who were running? You know, yeah. It's more of a team effort. Yeah. Well, not running, but one chair, but maybe some people in that precinct that would help them. So maybe if right. you want to go out canvassing, for example, four or five of you hitting your neighborhood on a Saturday morning instead of just one, you know, and so that's, that's my vision is, you know, if you, Maybe if, if this intrigues you and you're like, man, I think I'd like to run for precinct chair, we need that. But we also need people to say, you know, maybe I wouldn't be the precinct chair, but I'll help. Mm. You know, I'll help my precinct chair, and we can we can get this done together. So precinctstrategy.com is a website you can look on, libertyinactiontexas.com, and Texas is spelled out, the word Texas. And then I want to give my phone number an email. Okay. My phone number, and this is a cell number, and it's out of state. It's 315-730-4546, And then my direct email is local government, and government is not spelled out. So it's local, G-O-V-T, at L-I-A-T-X dot com. So that's Liberty in Action, Texas, L-I-A-T-X dot com. All right, Bethany, that's... that's how I can be reached. Okay, I and have. This is there is a deadline to this, so um, the deadline is coming right up. We've only got a couple days left to file for precinct chair. You will be on the runoff ballot. You actually get to be voted in this time, so it's it's a huge opportunity to be able to kind of step up and serve our communities and take our country back. Exactly right. Um, the um, if you want to know who your um, precinct chair is, you can call your uh, local Republican Party headquarters, and they'll tell you. Also, there are probably uh, some empty precinct uh, seats. Um, I know in Gillespie County, we have at least two of them that are empty right now that nobody's even running for. Um, and, and we need people in those. We need people in those positions. I do want to say you talked about the location of your precinct number. Um, and that is true on everybody's um, voter registration card. It's on the left-hand side of your card. All your other numbers are on the right-hand side. 
but your voting precinct is on the left-hand side. In Kirk County, it's uh, three digits. In uh, Gillespie County, it's just precinct one, two, three, and I think it goes up to uh, 15, and maybe two of those have been combined. I believe we have 13 precincts in Gillespie County, and I'm sure I'll get a text that I missed that by a number or two. But we have empty seats in uh, Gillespie County. And this uh, recently in a Gillespie County Republican meeting, there was a contentious vote between uh, some rhinos and conservatives. The two empty seats, had they had conservatives any in, in them, then that vote might have gone towards the conservative side, but it didn't. It went to the rhinos. Um, not only that, as precinct chair... There were several people who just decided not to go to that meeting, and I find that very disheartening. I just got a text that there's uh, only a couple of empty incur. Uh, that's not an exact number, but that's fine. A couple yeah, is two, two or three. How many do y'all have yeah, incur? There's four that I from the Secretary of State website. We still have four vacant. So, um, and that's out of twenty. Kerr's got twenty. We still have four vacancies, so if this is intriguing anybody and they're like, you know what, I've been wondering what can I do. I see what's happening in our country. I want to help. Please contact me today, and let's see if you're in a precinct. You do have to live in the precinct. Mm -hmm. You know, you have to. So I'm in four, I live in 417. That's the one I, that I can share. And so call me, and let's see what we can do and see. We have a couple days left, and last, yesterday I thought, okay, I've called everybody I know. What can I do? And somebody said, call Matt and see if you can get on the Matt Long Show and see if we can get these <laughs> last four filed for in the next couple of days. Well, apparently three were temporarily sworn in last night, um, and but they'll still have to stand for election, and you can still uh, run for those seats. So get in touch with me. I'll put you in touch with Bethany. Bethany, thank you much, so much. We're completely out of time. Folks, I'm going to end this up with a scripture that I keep coming back to. And then last night at the end of Mind Polluters uh, movie, the uh, this scripture came up. And it's this is a message. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the powers, against the world forces of this darkness, against the spiritual forces of wickedness in the heavenly places.